Retirement Blues Goodbye, along Wainwright's Coast to Coast Path, a book by Richard Cowley. Chapter 4, Episode 2, Rothswaite to Grathsmere. Approaching a rise on the tops, we were confronted by a group of figures silhouetted against the skyline. They stood straight-backed and still, like a forward skirmishing party of tribal warriors assessing the defences at Rourke's Drift during the South African Zulu Wars of the 19th century. Even though the strangers weren't there to create mayhem, we still considered them as out of step with the main company, of which we were part. They were swimming against the tide as a contingent of east-to-westers, whilst we were going with the flow as west-to-easters. That is, they were taking the trail in the opposite direction to us. We frequently greeted trekkers coming towards us from the east, but never before en masse. Greenup Edge is boggy with a scattering of rock outcrops. It's an odd place where the path becomes obscure, causing many to lose their way. In truth, most people aren't lost at all. They know precisely where they are. The difficulty is discovering which way to go. Peter and I were no exception, and joined the throng of mystified walkers milling about on the boggy area searching for the path. According to the guidebook, a cairn beyond a line of fence posts marks the beginning of the downhill path. The posts were clearly visible. Spotting the cairn was the tricky bit. Amongst the mob was a retired naval commander, who Peter had met in the Royal Oak the previous evening. Each year, the sailor teamed up with a French walking companion to polish up his foreign language skills. He looked like a naval man, with intelligent eyes, craggy features, grey rough beard, square shoulders and a straight back. He appeared to be a man of action and of quiet authority. His professional life at sea had equipped him well to navigate the vast featureless oceans of the world. On dry land, with maps, guidebooks and landmarks galore, he too fell victim to the mystery of Greenup Edge, and like the rest of us, was unsure where to go. Group behaviour has always struck me as a curious thing and something to avoid. However, I made an exception at Greenup Edge. As though informed by universal consciousness, the mob homed in on a single path and set about their downward march with such assurance that I was content to be swept along. The path to Grasmere divides in two just below Greenup Edge. The high route follows the narrow ridge of Far Easy Dale, taking in the peaks of Calf Craig, Moment Craig, Gibson Knot, and Helm Cray. This path affords a full vista of the marvellous open fells on all sides. The easier low route descends quickly to the valley floor, following the tumbling waters of Easydale Beck, which is overshadowed by the menacing face of Far Easydale. Having foregone the spectacular Red Pike Trail due to bad weather, most walkers took advantage of the clear skies and opted for the spectacular ridge path. The ridge provides the easiest walking of all the high-level sections, from St. Bees to Robin Hood's Bay, and is certainly something not to be missed. Peter and I teamed up with our Dutch friends Hilda and Helen to trek along the narrow ridge. The path was rocky in places, muddy bog in others. Deep pools of black sticky ooze occasionally blocked the path completely. Helen lost her foot in crossing a mud hole and only just saved herself by diving forward. Even though her reaction was timely, she still scored a booby prize 
of a bootful of sticky black slime. In places, the path was highly eroded and efforts were underway to stabilise and contain the damage. Piles of large rocks had been brought in and dumped alongside the path to be used as pavers or stepping stones. The ridge was so inaccessible that helicopters must have been used to transport the rocks. Practical commitment on such a grand scale bodes well for the preservation of Lake District trails. The undulating section crossing the Three Summit Ridge from Brown Rig Moss to Helm Craig was perhaps the most spectacular trail we experienced in the Lake District. The ridge is about two miles long and affords a scenic view on all sides, at all times, provided nature cooperates with clear skies. Two years ago, we walked the 95-mile West Highland Way, said Helen, and mostly the weather was cold and miserable. One day we'd walked all morning when suddenly all about looked familiar. You can imagine our despair on discovering that after three hours' hard trekking, we'd arrived back where we started and still had twelve miles to walk to our destination. Far below lay the patchwork of emerald green meadows, lush woodlands, picturesque hamlets, and a sparkling silver lake. Nestling by the lake is Grasmere, which is reputed to be one of the prettiest villages in England, and was once home for the 18th century poet William Wordsworth. Wordsworth is reputed to have enjoyed one degree of separation from the Isle of Man by his schoolmate, the legendary 18th-century mutineer Fletcher Christian. Not only did Wordsworth and Christian attend Hawkshead Grammar School in the Lake District, it's possible they were also distantly related. Fletcher Christian is often considered to be a Manxman, but that's not true. It was his forebears who were Manx. Even though Fletcher Christian spent part of his youth in the Isle of Man after his mother was declared bankrupt, there can be little doubt that he was Cumbrian born and bred. It was, however, on Manx shores that Christian first met the agent of his downfall, William Bly. Bly had signed on aboard HMS Ranger, which was based in Douglas, the island's capital. Bly's orders were to pursue and apprehend smugglers who remained active around the shores of the Irish Sea. During the 1,000-foot descent from Helm Craig, we surrendered the stark beauty of the rugged mountain tops at High Raven Craig to follow the steep winding path that overlooks Jackdaw Craig and entered the wooded grassland of the valley floor. Hilda and Helen peeled off at Thorny Howe Youth Hostel, their billet for the night. Peter and I pressed on towards the village. Along the way we were hailed from a splendid period house set amidst a high-walled garden. The head and shoulders of the smoke-free half of the accountant duo we'd encountered earlier appeared at an upstairs window. I knew it was you. I'd recognise your voice anywhere. We're resting here for a few days and probably won't see you again. Good luck for your journey, he said, before withdrawing into the shadows of the room. Although the tourist season in regional Britain extends well beyond September, once autumn arrives, things slow down. Fewer visitors are seen in the streets, and summer cafes close. In keeping with the end-of-season tradition, most shops in Grasmere were holding autumn sales, before putting up the shutters for winter. Although the village was still bustling and lively, beneath the surface I sensed the weariness that overtakes resort towns when it's time for the locals to pack up and take their own holidays. 
we met Colleen at our lodgings, which overlooked Red Lion Square. It was a small boarding house, and our accommodation was two attic rooms. My room was tiny, about six feet by ten. The ceiling was the underside of the roof, which sloped inwards at an acute angle limiting usable floor space. Bits of roof structure intruded into the remaining space, adding to the feeling of confinement. To avoid bashing my head on the rafters, I moved in slow motion, in a state of heightened awareness. However, the room had two redeeming features. These were a sink and a small skylight which overlooked the village centre and the mountains beyond. Peter and Colleen's room was hardly bigger than mine, which must have been a bit of a come-down after three nights of spacious, self-contained privacy. They both seemed a little grumpy, whether the result of confinement or bruised foreheads, I never discovered. The communal bathroom had no shower, but an enormous Victorian bathtub. The combination of piping hot water and aromatic bath salts prescribed a therapeutic potion that rehabilitated the body and soothed the temples. Blissful though the experience was, I was unable to fully relax as it was necessary to hold the ill-fitting bath plug in place with my big toe to prevent the water draining away. Colleen arrived in Grasmere during the early afternoon and had searched for a restaurant she believed would satisfy her craving for fresh green vegetables. In Australia, Colleen is a keen gardener and harvests fresh fruit and vegetables every day, provided the kangaroos or possums don't get to them first. The fact that only two tables were occupied at the restaurant should have set warning bells ringing. Our boisterous good humour and hearty appetite dulled our wits, for we ignored the clue and went in. What a single-minded, dull and boring mob we were. We ordered grilled trout with almond slivers all round, accompanied by a bottle of French Sauvignon Blanc. The chilled wine was herbaceous and fine. The grilled trout firm, pink and moist. The first inkling that all was not well was spied at the bottom of the vegetable bowl, a heap of yellow shrapnel were the vegetables du jour. Where are the fresh vegetables? pleaded Colleen. The waiter became very shirty and produced a menu showing clearly that nowhere were fresh vegetables mentioned. Surely vegetables of the day mean seasonal vegetables? pleaded Colleen with a prickly edge creeping into her voice. Not at all, sniped the haughty waiter. It's a fixed menu. Vegetables du jour means whatever the owner selects at the beginning of the season. What are you complaining about anyway? The vegetables couldn't be fresher. I opened the packet myself this morning, and it's been defrosting naturally, at room temperature, all day. When the wine bottle was empty, and only fish bones remained, we retreated to commiserate with one another, and regrouped around Wordsworth's grave. Gaining no inspiration there, and with Colleen still suffering from Eat your greens deprivation, we gravitated towards the red line where we joined Hilda and Helen for a consoling nightcap before hitting the sack.